Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, there's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Everybody, happy Monday to you, May 15th, 2023. Hope you had a splendid weekend. Time to get back at it with some Kentucky roll call on your Monday morning. Okay. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, all here, ready to rock and roll call. Nick Roush, how are you, buddy? I'm uh, I'm doing all right, doing all right. Got a good night's sleep uh, after a fun weekend. A busy but uh, fun one. Hope uh, everybody had a happy Mother's Day. Scoots, how was your weekend? Uh, yeah, it was really good. It was it was not long enough, but it was long at certain points. I, I had a crazy busy weekend. So I went and golfed on Friday after getting off the air with John Spears. Uh, weather was able to hold off, so that was like last-minute golf. So that was nice. Uh, got another birdie, so two rounds back now, two birdies, so no big deal. Just there we go. Dusting off the shoulders here. Uh, but then that turned into, well, let's go get some food after golf. And then that somehow turned into, let's play poker. So I didn't get home till about 1 o'clock on yeah. Friday night. So that was unexpected. Golf and poker, both unexpected. And then Saturday, I, I did the thing. I had brunch with my mom and my sister. And then I went and helped one of my best buddies watch his kids. His wife, the only thing she wanted for Mother's Day was a kid-free day. So I decided I would I'd be a man, step up. Help him out. Wouldn't need it. And we went. We went to the German club, which was a lot of fun with their oldest daughter. They had a petting zoo, so it was just a good time. Just German beer, petting zoo, kids. Fun weekend for sure. Nice. We uh we where we went to for Mother's Day. We went to Michael Lennings, and uh, they had a petting zoo out there as well. And uh, Duke nice. thought it was very funny when. Uh, well, he, he liked the bunny, but when the horse ate grass from his hand and like his little whiskers tickled him, he just. He was just dying laughing. See, we Very didn't funny. we didn't have a horse at our petting zoo, but we had three alpacas. So how about that? And if you all Ooh, have, nice. if you all have never felt an alpaca, I can't imagine there's anything softer in this entire world. Mm, maybe bunny rabbit, maybe a rabbit. A rabbit's the only thing I could think of that would compete. Yeah. No petting zoo here for me. Mm. No, oh, I, boo! I, 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 how hilarious would it have been, though, if I'd been like, oh, my gosh, you all. I also <laughs> was at a petting zoo this weekend. No, I, I was not, unfortunately. But did have an amazing weekend. Uh, 
a stupid weekend, probably more than anything. Kind of forgot that I'm 32 and have a kid this weekend. Not that I did anything embarrassing or over the top, but just like I, I think both Friday and Saturday, I don't think I, I got the, the least amount of sleep I've had since probably the Vegas bachelor party or maybe just like the first week of when we had our kid. And, and for no good reason necessarily. Well, Friday night, and I think she's upstairs, so she can probably hear me. But uh, Friday night, rough, rough and rowdy. Roush stood me up, yep. uh, d- didn't show up, but had a few friends over. The wife, she wanted to have a Mother's Day night out with her friend. They went out. And so rough and rowdy ends, I don't know, like 11, 1130-ish, you know, not too terribly late or not anything too ridiculous. And my fr- the, the people that did come over, we were just throwing darts, listening to music, had the NBA game on. What, and, and I was like, man, it's crazy that the wife's still not home, but I've got people over. I don't really care. They didn't get home till like one, one o'clock, after one o'clock, probably two o'clock. So I stayed up waiting for them to just get back to make sure everything was okay, but didn't didn't sleep at all on Friday. And then Saturday... Went to a surprise birthday party for a buddy. Ran, weirdly enough, Roush stood me up for rough and rowdy, but yeah. he couldn't escape me at Top Golf on nope. Saturday. We ran into one another. That was funny to see each other there. Uh, great to I mean, Top Golf is just always packed, especially on the weekends. It's it's nuts, but we can maybe get into that a little bit later. And then went to a surprise birthday party and ended up not necessarily staying there all that late, probably eleven ish, but came home and just wasn't necessarily ready to go to bed. The drinks were flowing, felt good, and something I only probably do about maybe once or twice a year. I was kind of in that, like, up late, out on the deck. The weather was perfect. Drinks fire. Going, didn't light a fire, but did call. Call my two favorite radio friends, Justin Kalen and Trevor Kelsey. Drunk dialing. And he was drunk dialing, Roush. I genuinely <laughs> do feel a little bit bad because I'm on the – like, you know, it, oh, you – Rest assured, Scoots, you and Trevor were the only people I called. <laughs> and Scoots answers the phone. He had been sleeping. It was eleven forty-five at night. Like, what do you what do you expect? Oh, I, I mean, you're 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 totally in your right to be sleeping. You should be sleeping. A normal <laughs> but person don't answer it. I just felt horrible that you answered. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, it's like he's like, hey, everything okay? See, I would. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? I was like, oh my gosh, Scoots, I'm so sorry. I was like, I did not mean to call or wake you up. I was just, I figured you were up watching games, or I guess there was no game Saturday night. But (laughs) yeah, maybe playing cops with the roommate or something like that. I felt horrible, horrible. And I must have been, I mean, I remember all this, so it wasn't like I was blacked out or anything like that. But I I, I must have been on one, as the kids would say, because Trevor did answer. That's like, you know... 6 p.m. for a normal person. Right, 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 right. No, no threat of him being asleep. But I think for the first time in my life, and this is a little concerning, everybody. Trevor, like he he rushed me off the phone. What? Whoa! That guy would talk to a book if if the book talked back, and he was oh. like he was like hey hey I'll call you back, but like I I've, I he he was out and about and maybe getting like Taco Bell or something like that. He was like, hey, I'll, I, I got to go. I can't talk right now. I'll call you back. And I was like, when have you ever not been able to talk? So that was pretty embarrassing, very humbling. Uh, I got you know, I got to look in the mirror long and hard. If Trevor's hanging up on you on the phone, that's when 
you mu- I must have been annoying or something. So <laughs> lack of sleep, up too late both nights. Celebrated Mother's Day yesterday. Was a blast. Uh, didn't get to see my own mom, but I was with her on Saturday. But we had the the wife's family over. Did the green egg pizzas. I'm not kidding you. Ooh. We I, I think we can on our green egg make. You have to have a similar taste to me. You have to like spicy a little bit. But this pizza we make on the green egg, this spicy pizza, is the best pizza I've ever had in my entire life. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Not, I, I know that's hyperbolic. I know people are listening and they're like, you're so full of it. I promise you, it's amazing. And I'm trying to get the wife to do like green egg competitions where we make this pizza. She, of course, is like absolutely not. Never in a million years. And I believe her. I I don't think we're ever going to do it. However, she She doesn't want to. I know. I was like, it would be fun. We'd have a cooler. We'd just drink. And then we'd just make pizza all day. And like people would come by and have our pizza and tell us how great it is. It is amazing. And it's been confirmed by like other people, too, that maybe they're just yanking my chain. But they'll be like, yeah, that's you're right. This is amazing. I don't it's need really, the secret really ingredients one. to the spicy pizza, but is it like, um, is the sauce spicy? Is it red pepper flakes? Is it the toppings? How? Where do we? Where are we getting the spiciness here? It's kind of like well, the, the secret. You want to know? You, the, I would. Gosh, you know how like Blaze has that spicy red sauce, which so I, I think is amazing. So good. I'd love to have. Like, scoot. Sorry, what were you saying? I just said so good. Love that. Oh my stuff. gosh, yeah. it is so good. It, I need to find that sauce somewhere. And then I could even take this pizza to a whole new level, at which point it may be too spicy. However, we just have normal marinara. But the secret is the rattlesnake cheese is what we use as the Ooh. cheese on it. I and would not have guessed the cheese would be the spicy key. I'd never heard of rattlesnake cheese, never knew it even existed, didn't know what it was. Don't even know really how I stumbled upon it. I think my dad just was like, hey, we got some of this. It's spicy cheese. Try it. And then we just so happened to be making pizzas, so we tried it. And this was, you know, years ago now. But that's the secret. It's the rattlesnake cheese that really takes it over the top. Mm -hmm. So it's a normal marinara. You put the spicy cheese on it, and then you do pepperoni. We kind of have a slightly spicier sausage, but it's probably just pretty normal sausage, all things considered your normal fixings, whatever you want on top of it. I like putting a few jalapenos on there, which do add an extra little spice level to it. But my heavens, it was, I I was, you would have thought it was father's day because that pizza makes me very, very happy. And we just had, and that's another cool thing about it. Like similar to blaze scoots on the green egg, the pizzas cook in, you know, four to five minutes. So it is a fun little activity with family or friends because you make your own, and then you put it on, and then while that one's on, somebody else will make theirs, and by the time they're finished making theirs, the other one's usually ready to come off, and it really is. It's just like a little pizza party. So we had a really nice Sunday, or at least I did. I hope the hope the wife would agree as well. I think she did. It's always great getting to spend time with family and and, and got to do that at Topgolf on Saturday, Roush. That, was, that, that wasn't the entire side of one family, but it was pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had three bays, and, and that, was, that was a good time too. So awesome weekend really right. one one for the record books i'm a very lucky lucky man to have so so many great people in my life and get to spend time with them all but i yeah I, i'm maybe a little still short on sleep stayed up last night to watch the session and that was a pretty good episode but ready to rock and roll we got a lot to talk about a lot to get to on today's show and it sounds like we all are are, are better off than we were when we left the show on friday yeah would have been nice um if uh, the Sixers weren't frauds, but should have known frauds, fraud alert. 
Scoots, that uh, going back to something you all talked about on Spears, after they got up and won Game Five, they were the second favorites to win the NBA, NBA championship, the Philadelphia 76ers. And now, see you later. They're out, eliminated. We're going to have a Miami Heat versus Boston Celtics Eastern Conference Final. And then we've got the Denver Nuggets and the L.A. Lakers in the West. Pretty solid. I think those should both be pretty fun series. I Obviously, I think the Celtics are going to be favorite to win that one, but I bet Miami's going to be really, really tough to beat at home, and Boston's been a little bit inconsistent in the playoffs, so I think maybe Miami could potentially steal one in Boston. And then in the West, I, I think the Nuggets are just better than the Lakers, but it's the Lakers, and they have one of the best, if not the best player in the history of basketball, Anthony Davis, so they're going to be tough to beat. <laughs> I like that. We need AD to stay healthy, though, just to mm-hmm. guard uh, Jokic and, and give us a chance to watch something entertaining this series. Yeah, and the first round was awesome, and it makes sense. You get more games in the first round, but it just seemed like you every time you were flipping over the TV, the final two minutes was electric. That semifinal round in both West and East was incredibly underwhelming. We all thought the matchups were good, at least I did, but you just didn't really have the games that came down to the final shot. You had a couple, obviously, but not near not, – I mean, maybe maybe literally only like two in the entire round for the semis on both sides. So I, I hope we just get some more exciting finishes because a lot of people, hand up, myself included, feels like an NBA game, the first three quarters are just totally meaningless, really sure. maybe until like the final five minutes of the fourth quarter even. That being said, there's still good basketball. It's still fun to watch, blah, blah, blah. But when it's a blowout with the final five minutes, it's like, well, there is literally no reason to have watched any of this game, especially when you don't necessarily have a rooting interest. So fingers crossed for some closer games here in the in the conference championships. Well, and that was my thought. The Celtics were six-and-a-half-point favorites. It's like, oh, that's a lot of points. But I think only two games were decided by single digits in that entire series. It was a good series that went back and forth without any good games, which just sucks. Like, what's – is it too much to ask for some some games to go down the wire here? Uh, that 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 frustrated me very much so. Yeah. Yeah. That I also happened. wanted – can we not just play the game on Saturday night? I, I Normally, I'm pro Sunday, but it's Mother's Day. Like, I got, you know, playing in the garden. I, you know, I'm doing a bunch of stuff, right? I don't I – don't, I couldn't even watch the blowout. See, Rouse, I, I couldn't I couldn't disagree with you more. I absolutely loved the Sunday afternoon games, especially so that atmosphere in Boston yesterday was insane. I, I just hope whatever happens the rest of the playoffs, give me home arenas like that, because that was a lot of fun. You could barely hear the broadcasters, the crowd was so loud. I, I mean, I'm I generally am for the sporting event Sunday afternoon, but like uh... Oh my god! Watch the XFL championship. Like there was no sports at all on Saturday. None. Well, Saturday. It was a, it was a summer Saturday. Back out and about. They got their. Uh, they didn't come back all the way, but that, that was. Gosh, I, I like having a sports on the, my Saturday night, though. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, whatever. Not right? this time. One thing that I was shocked that I watched and really, really enjoyed, the finale of the Live Tour. I have no idea where they were, didn't care, didn't watch a second of what any. What is Tulsa? Okay. Here, Tulsa's nice this time of year. Mm-hmm. I had, 
again, didn't watch, like I, the, I watched the final 30 minutes of it. So I have zero investment in it, but it was amazing. You have a three-way tie, which Dustin Johnson had to hit. I don't uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If anybody sees it out there, I'm just going off memory, but it seemed like he hit a 15 footer to join the tie. There's two people tied Cam Smith. And then I think Brandon Grace, and he hits this insane putt to force a tie. So then he joins the the threesome into the playoff hole. And Grace mess up. You know that he's out. And Dustin Johnson, again, has a very similar putt around 15. Nah, maybe it wasn't that long. Maybe 12 feet, 15 feet, somewhere in that ballpark. It's right off the fringe, actually. And he just nails it. Again, back-to-back. To force a playoff, and then on the first hole of the playoff, Dustin Johnson hit some huge putts, and they were just like pure the entire way, and he hit it aggressively. It was just fun to watch. Like You knew it was exactly what he wanted to do, and he executed it. And then Cam Smith, to force an extra playoff hole, he had a very similar putt to Dustin Johnson, So, but he knew he had to make it, and it just barely missed, kind of about a couple inches on the outside of the cup. It it was right there, though, and he went after it as well. But I never in a million years thought on a Sunday I'd be watching the the live finale, and I was. It was really, really good, which just kind of brings me back to, like, the PGA is the best. It will always be the best. But having other golf tournaments, especially if the PGA isn't all that exciting coming down to the finish, and I think it was exciting coming down to the finish. I didn't watch it, but I just wasn't on the TV at the time. But it's more options better. So I, I, I'm not anti-live, as many people are. Have you, Was that your first time watching, TJ? No, I, I've seen a oh, okay. little bit here and there. I, it definitely was the longest I've watched. I told you it was 30 minutes. But I think there was one event, one of their first times streaming. It was this year where I was like, okay, I'll check it out for a little bit and and watch for a bit, but it was opening round, and I was more just like intrigued by their graphics and how they just had music blaring throughout the entire round. It is a very different approach and an interesting, interesting approach, and I bet you're going to – you already have had it happen, but you're going to have some of that bleed over to the PGA. They're going to take parts that they like about the live, and they're going to eventually kind of – and they're already doing it to some extent. Maybe you're not going to have any cuts in the PGA moving forward. But it's also just funny seeing them in shorts. Yeah. You're just for 32 years we've watched golfers and they all look, you know, so professional. But then you watch the live and it's like, oh, that's just, they look like what we would look like if we were out there on the course. They're wearing their shorts. They've got you know different goofy outfits on or whatever, just you know colorful shirts or they got to wear their team shirts. Big day for the Aces yesterday. Ooh, the Aces. Yeah, I think they defeated the Stingers. Oh, interesting. They, they did, yeah. The team aspect's interesting, too. So I had the whole petting zoo thing in common with Roush, TJ, but I have the watching live yesterday in common with you. I didn't see the end of it, so I didn't really know where your story was going because I watched – I guess I was watching with about four or five holes left, and Dustin Johnson had a three-shot lead. So I didn't know where your story was going. Glad to hear oh, that wow. he was able to pull it out. Oh, I didn't I didn't even know that. So he must have had a blow-up hole or something yeah. and then was able to – to, to get it back, or maybe the, the group came up to him potentially. Yeah. I, I don't know. Again, what? like I said, I'll, I'll, I, I I tuned in at the right time, but it was an exciting finish. I think the only reason I even found it is because I wanted to see who won the PGA. So I was on the ESPN app, and then I noticed that the live was still ongoing and it was competitive and tight. And I was like, okay, well, it's on the CW. That's where I go for all my sports entertainment. That's no problem for me. Flipped it on over, watched it. And it wasn't, you know, Roush was complaining about the lack of sports on Saturday. But between that and the NBA games and the rough and rowdy on Friday night, 
You mix in the Batcats, which I watched a little bit of all three games, uh, a good chunk, really, of, of most of them, except for Friday night. They got one. They didn't get swept. They didn't win the series like we would have liked, but that's all right. You they go also got the, the one, like, 10 to nothing, too. That's, yeah, which they, and, they finished with a big old beatdown yesterday, 10 nothing Mother's Day special for the Vols. Was a little frustrated because uh, Saturday the bats came alive and they had a nice little comeback going, and I turn it on and then just immediately it falls apart. Saturday was a bummer. It, it was, a, I guess, bittersweet watching yeah. that game. On the one hand, Kentucky was the better team on Saturday, and they look like the better team on Saturday. That being said, when you look like the better team, you feel like the better team, and you don't come away with a win, that's disappointing, especially on the road. But they, I think they maybe had more hits than Tennessee on Saturday. They just gave up a grand slam, and that ended up being the difference. Mm -hmm. They are down 8-1. They battle all the way back to make it 7-8, and then they gave up a couple more runs, I think, in the bottom of the seventh. But yeah, And, then they, yeah. and they, then they made some noise. They, they didn't really threaten in the eighth, but I think they got maybe a runner on in the ninth. But that one was a little frustrating just because you felt like you probably, if you just maybe one pitch is the difference in that, and that one pitch ended up being a, a grand slam for Tennessee. But – Friday, Tennessee was better. They deserved the win. UK made some noise late in that game to make it respectable. Which it's this team, this UK team's got a lot of fight. They they don't go they don't go down quietly more times than not. And showed showed some fight on Saturday, and then finally put it all together on Sunday. Great pitching effort, and that was the issue on Friday and Saturday was pitching more than anything else. The bats were the Batcats bats were pretty solid all weekend, and I, I still. If you had if you had gotten swept, we talked about it on Friday. You're probably losing that momentum from the South Carolina game, and that's not what any that's not what UK wanted to do. But winning one out of three, we would have preferred to win the series and win two out of three. But now they've got 11 SEC road wins, which is really really impressive. Is that right, or is it? They got 11 wins either against ranked teams or in the SEC. I can't it's probably imagine. ranked teams because they're 15, 15 SEC wins. Yeah, wins. I was going to say. 15 and 12, I want to say. I can't imagine they only have four at home. So it's got to just be on the season, I would imagine. But mm -hmm. I still think they're in a spot to, 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 to yeah, potentially host. You've got a huge weekend series against Florida. You win that series, I'd almost – who you know? We'll see what happens in the SEC tournament. But if you win the series against Florida, I think it'd be surprising if you weren't a top sixteen seed when the brackets come out. So huge opportunity for the Batcats this weekend. Not maybe the weekend you wanted, but it could have been worse. Solid enough going on a ranked team on the road. You find a way to win one. You outscored Tennessee on the weekend, and then you're four and two in your last six SEC games, all against ranked teams. And you've outscored them nearly by 20 runs in that stretch. So, still got this momentum. Batcats still thriving, if you ask me. An absolutely colossal weekend against Florida starting on Thursday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, which I always like because I, I, I can find stuff to do on the weekends. Give me some baseball on Thursday night. I'll definitely be tuned in. So, Or if we're not there, which Roush maybe or maybe not is backing out of. We'll have to figure that out. But... Congrats to Nick Mingione, even even on a losing weekend, still a lot to be proud of, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. I just I hate when if it's like I turn it on and then they immediately go to poop because uh, turn it on, baby poops, clean it up, come back in the room, and then there's runners on first and third and no outs. I'm like, what what the what just happened? Like, come on. By the way, yeah, Ralph, that's where I get. Go ahead. 
You're done? You go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, by the way, you're the reason that TJ woke me up on Saturday night. Just oh, so you know. He wanted to... He 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 just wanted well, this, to, he wanted to gripe about how you're backing out of Thursday. Well, we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. It's just uh, that was the uh, I haven't my uh, my parents they're doing a two week trip to Europe, and um, as we all know, uh, mom, uh, Grammy and Papa they are uh, they're babysitters. So I've got to figure out babysitting, and the way I'm doing it is I'm having um, some folks help out during the radio show. Then I'm watching them during the day and then I'm doing the night shifts. So like, that's just going to be a whirlwind of a two weeks. But like, I, I, cause uh, I, Thursday is just complicated. Cause I was wanting to be in Lexington all day. If, if, if this was if no, under normal circumstances, I would just be there all day. Instead, um, you know, we can do some, we can mess some things around, but the way that I told TJ, it's like, I mean, my job is to, cover uk sports i should be able to do that at a uk sporting game so um, yeah so i i think i think we can make it work for as much as we'll give you a hard time we do understand it's not the end of the world if we're not able to to make it happen i don't understand we also said it was weather. we also said it was weather dependent too but i'd like to go if possible be able to watch the Batcats and see if they can get a, a big time series opening win against florida who i think is ranked number number seven so be another top series one thing i noticed too this weekend because i'm not a like at one point yesterday i was driving around and had the game on and i hadn't you know not a big baseball guy so i hadn't really noticed the pitch clock effects on how fast it is but especially on the radio i the radio it felt most noticeable because normally there's a lot of that you just hear the the audible chatter in the background, and then it's kind of quiet for a while, and then Darren Hendrick and the pitch. You know, I, th- there was not a lot of. In fact, he had to like go back on his anecdotes multiple times because it was it, just things were happening so fast. So like that that's real nice, Clark. Real nice. Yeah the the on the road. He, he I listened a little bit on the radio as well, either just driving around town or. You won't believe it. I had to put together more furniture this weekend. I'm just a pro at that. I'm at putting together toys, furniture. By the way, whoever told me about the Allen wrench drill bit thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, life yeah. yeah. I mean, huge. I feel like a total idiot for not doing that prior. But that made it so much easier. The only issue is sometimes it would it would strip the screws a little bit. So if I needed to get in with the Allen wrench at the end just to make sure it was super, super tight, I would have a a tougher time with that although that didn't happen every time just a few times but that was a that was a total game changer so thank you to whoever whoever shout out that but yeah put together more furniture over the weekend as well but i've listened to the radio he does a great job regardless but on the road i guess he's just solo and Mm -hmm. that makes it even tougher because you have nobody talking back to you just you by yourself the entire time where it's if he's in Lexington, he'll usually have like Dick Gabriel up there with him, and mm-hmm. they they got a nice little, a nice little back and forth. Going. At, at the same time, though, on the broadcasting solo bit, there's nobody to interrupt your flow, which a lot of times that can be really nice. Oh, whoa! I, I I've done. I mean, I of course have done it both ways, but I there are a lot of times where I prefer to broadcast solo, just because nobody can step on anything you're gonna say, and you it, it's kind of your game to to make your call. Scoot, uh, selfish broadcaster. Little, bit. I would every single time rather have somebody else with me. 
It is. I can't imagine a scenario I'd rather be by myself. See, it is fun though. So I do football by myself for Big X, but then I'll roll into basketball season where I typically have a play or a color guy, which it's a nice little change up. But I do. I I wish they were flip flopped. I'd rather do yeah football yeah, with the color guy and then basketball by myself. Exactly, because yeah. basketball is much faster. Exactly. Football, you've yep. got breaks in between every play. Uh, yeah. No, in baseball, though, is so slow. I don't like to say anything nice about Tennessee, but they do have a sweet little baseball setup down there. The, the outfield with the canopies, that, that looked real nice. And then you got, like, kind of the rolling hills in the background, and it's uh, – I think it's close to the river, if not maybe on the river. It, it's that's a pretty cool little setup they've got there. I hope they never win a game ever, but it's right, a cool right. little stadium setup. Tennessee's campus, though, stinks. If you've never been to it, it's awful, hilly, Looks like it was all built in the 70s. Ugly. Not 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 easy to get around. Suck it, I, Tennessee. It's definitely not easy to get around. I agree with you there. I just I think it looks nice and I like the hills. But again, I don't want to say too many nice things about Tennessee. So suck it, Tennessee. Yeah. We got, we got a lot of UK news to talk about. And we, oh, already, yeah. got, we already got on the back cats. But huge, huge weekend for UK football. And oh, yeah. we, we will talk basketball as well. But I, think, players. I think football won the weekend in terms of newsworthy stuff. So we're going to take our first break. We'll come back. We'll get into that football news. Some commitments on commitments. Well, maybe just the two, but maybe more coming. We got a lot to Good. talk about. Nick Roush is all over it. This is KRC on the Big X. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Taylor. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Jim is my enemy, but it turns out that Jim is also his own worst enemy. And the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So Jim is actually my friend. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call, here on Big X Sports Radio. You can find us on 96.1 on the FM side of things, 1450 AM, and get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. And no better way to start your week than pop it into a Thornton's. you got to fuel up if you're going to have the week you need. Start it the right way. Get yourself some donuts, some breakfast sandwiches, potentially. They've got fresh fruit each and every morning at Thornton's. Ice cream cones. They've got ice cream cone for your for your Monday morning. Everybody, uh, you got to go back to the list of the podcast to hear that story. Uh, and they've got coffee as well. And who doesn't love good old-fashioned coffee? I don't. But I hear Thornton's has some of the best around. Download the app. Become a Refreshing Rewards member. You'll save money at the pump. You'll save money when you go inside and get goodies. Thornton's has it going on. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper. Ralph, shout out to the UK football staff. Making some moves this weekend. Getting it done. Two Rainers, one weekend. They got a commitment, which this is uh, very inside baseball. But uh, so David, I, I don't, David and Rainer, we'll just, but Rainer number one, the linebacker from Northern Illinois, he did the Vito Tesdale. And I, I felt bad for our guy, Lucky, because I, you know, I wasn't really on my phone. Duke was just smashing golf balls at Top Golf. So I was paying attention to that. I checked in on my phone. And for the second time in a month, he's like, is this a commitment? What the hell's going on here? Because kids now are doing the 
uh, they're being a little ambiguous even in their commitment posts. So I, I felt bad for Lockett. Uh, Vito did it real bad. This one was at least, uh, he said, I'm home, BBN, which sounds like a commitment. You know, I, I reached out to my people and they were like, yeah, we, he did. But, you know, maybe maybe you should ask him too. It was very uh, ambiguous, but it is locked in. Dave and Rainier will be a Kentucky Wildcat, six foot three inside linebacker who's got three years of experience uh, under his belt. He also has the COVID year, so he could be here. For uh, that, that, that we'll just do the math. It was two two years. Um, originally from Indianapolis, North Lawrence, been productive. Although he's light in the short, so he's been injured. Like he's he's a little skinny. But what Kentucky needs him for? They need him to help if someone's injured. They need a solid linebacker three. That was a portal need. Uh, and the thing that's fun, TJ, about this offseason is. The way that they have prioritized transfer portal commitments, you're kind of seeing them go uh, in that order, right? Where I think the first two that popped were cornerbacks. You knew you needed that after Carrington left. Uh, then you had uh, Ray Davis and Devin Leary about the same time. Those were other two big positions of need. Get the offensive tackle. Then you kind of go further down. You're like, all right, well, you need – you need somebody in case Wallace or DJ get hurt. Uh, and there, there you have it right there. Dave and Rainier, one of the last guys they got. And then on top of that, they added a commitment from a kicker. Alex Rainer, who uh, was at Georgia Southern last year, had a cup of coffee at Memphis this spring, and then announced he's on the move again, going to Kentucky for this fall. I want to say he, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he made something like 90% of his kicks last year, his field goals. He only missed, I want to say, two. He did not make any over 50. But uh, maybe you do the thing where if it's a long one, Chance Poor kicks it. If it's a short one, this guy kicks it. Uh, so the kicker was one of those you, you wanted to add as well. But that was kind of a, well, we'll see what we got out there. And um, if he's good enough, we'll take him. So that feels like Kentucky's checking a lot of boxes this offseason in the transfer portal, TJ. Yeah, it's uh, two positions of need, one of which kicker everybody's kind of just, I think, confused about. But the more options, I think, is fine. And, yeah, it, somebody that went 18 of 20 on, on field goal kicks last year, 49 of 50 on PATs, just seems to be consistent, even if maybe he doesn't have the longest leg consistency is going to matter. You want to be able to knock down those 40-yard field goals. That can make such a huge difference. If you can hit the 50-yarders, that really what separates you and makes you some of the best kickers in the country, if you can do that consistently. We'll see if he's able to do it. Hasn't had a, a huge history of proving that up to this point. But from within 50, he, he, is, he is steady. He, so I, I like the addition there. And then you had been sounding the alarm, I think, more than pretty much anybody else that linebacker depth it matters it matters it matters I'm nervous about this so to go get a player that you got to see up close and personal he yeah. it's good I mean Played. it's a good get especially now if he was going to be your best defensive player then that would be concerning but this is just a depth ad the way I look at it and if you get him in a depth perspective 
that's that's good depth. That's awesome. Yeah. And this uh, yeah. he'd be he'd be a better player on several teams on UK's Ross uh, on schedule. Not all of them, but maybe a couple of them. He could be a nice piece on those defenses where he's probably going to be coming off the bench or coming off the sidelines. You know, he'll. He, I don't think he'll be a starter. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing to have. So well done by UK football this weekend. And the good news didn't stop there. Right, right. It did not. I, um, yeah, people do forget uh, Kentucky played Northern Illinois. He had 10, ten tackles in that game and a sack. So uh, um, t- I, I think the big thing here, TJ, is it's just hard to get quality, productive players as depth pieces. Like it's just because that, that's what the portals hurt the most is depth. And, to be able to add that, it's huge. Um, you know, in addition to getting the kicker, they also got a former uh, walk-on at West Virginia on the offensive line. He's like six foot five, two sixty. So, like, who knows there? But like, you're adding another body, and it doesn't really hurt anything. So, why not? Why not? Yep, um, yep. That was nice to see as well. I had kind of briefly forgotten about that, but now that you mention it, that's good. It's a Seems like a walk-on spot, so I don't think expectations are going to be too high. But uh, I think it was either – I think Justin Rowland had posted somewhere that he, the staff thinks that maybe down the road could could be could be a player potentially. So if nothing else, I'm sure it'll be a good addition for the locker room and you need bodies to practice against. He's a huge one, and we'll, we'll see where that goes. And then got a decision this week, Roush. A big-time recruit's going to be going to be signing up with a college. Oh, yeah. Cutter Bowley after uh... – I guess it would have been Friday uh, after we went off air that a lot of the the buzz started coming out. He released a top 10, and then Chad Simmons shared some intel that he believes Kentucky's got the lead over Tennessee. Then he put an RPM pick in, and um, it, it wasn't public until Sunday, but he's announcing at his school Thursday at 11 a.m., and folks, it looks – it's looking good for the, for the blue and white. So. Um, I know that um, that that's been very much a sensitive issue for because Kentucky fans, as good as the transfers have been, right? Like Stephen Johnson, very beloved player from the JUCO ranks. Uh, Terry Wilson won a lot of games, um, and then in the modern portal era, Will Levis just went and you know became a big time NFL draft pick, won ten games with Kentucky. You went and you got Devin Leary, but the problem is, is like, it's it's a roll of the dice every time you enter the portal. And so to be able to, like, you can do that for so long, TJ, but it was very important that Kentucky cashed in and got a big-time player while Liam Cohen was on campus. And to do it with somebody who grew up in the state, he's that high-profile player, I mean, they haven't. Hey, there, there just there aren't that many guys like this around here. So for Cohen to come back to make that impression, like things were slipping away in that recruitment, and I, I don't know if if the Cats would be in this position without Liam Cohen. And now you're getting a guy who, oh man, I would be the highest ranked passer to play in the state just in a long, long time. He's the number four passer in 2025, uh, but like. Gavin Wimsett was in that four-star kind of fringe territory. Um, Drew Barker was certainly up there. Uh, but that, there aren't a lot that that are of this caliber. Uh, it's still, uh, you know, what what exactly does that mean for him once he gets to Kentucky? We'll see. 
But I think the hope is just that he'll reclassify back into the 2024 class where he originally started, and he'll enroll early, help Kentucky get get some recruiting momentum going into a big month of June, and then uh, start piecing together a big-time class. He'll show up in January. I think that's the hope, um, and, and really get the ball rolling uh, for a big-time 2024 recruiting class. That was going to be my next question is, does does he stay 2025? Because you had always hinted that probably not, and you just answered it. So unlikely, going to be 2024. Great news about Liam Cohen. I guess, the and with him possibly doing 2024, this may not be as big as a concern. But if Cohen were to eventually leave again, would we need to worry about Cutter Bowley potentially looking elsewhere? I would guess no, just off the top of my head, that, you know, he – Kentucky was going to be a player regardless because it's the hometown school. And once I think he'll commit, I bet he'll be locked solid because he'll be recruiting for UK. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, down the road, uh, quarterbacks hop in the portal all the time. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. If like, it's not, it's not some huge indictment on Kentucky. If he enters the transfer portal two or three years from now, like that's, that happens. Uh, but for the most part, like the the kind of trajectory you see on him, uh, I do still think that even if you get him on campus, he recruits this awesome, helps recruit this awesome class together. I imagine Cohen's going to be here at least two years this go around. Um, but those still probably get a transfer portal quarterback for next season. I would imagine you would, like, unless they, they just would need to, unless yeah, something crazy happens in development. Feel great about Destin Wade or something, but like, you're not going to try to, you're going to roll that guy out as a true freshman. Um, because part like bullies good at delivering deep passes. Um, but like, if you look at him, like he, he's, he's got a big frame, but he has a lot of filling in to do still, you know, like he's six foot five, but he's, he's a skinny guy. He's, he's got to mature some. So, um, the portal's not completely closing up, but there's also this narrative out there to TJ that like Kentucky can't recruit high school quarterbacks, which, uh, in fairness, I mean, they haven't started one from the high school ranks aside from Destin Wade and Kai Sharon last fall. It hadn't been since Drew Barker. So like they got a, that they had to flip that script. They did. They, they, they certainly did or not did, but if you get Cutter Bowley on Thursday, um, you, you can at least, Take that uh, kind of talking point off the board at a, at a crucial time, too, because Jeff Brom's going to be pretty good at recording, recruiting quarterbacks. So the fact that you had your foot in the door with this one already, uh, it's good. It's good. Now just go get it done. Have a nice ceremony on Thursday. Pick Kentucky over Tennessee. Tell the Vols to suck it. Maybe you get the DX guys to come out of retirement, and then uh-huh. you get some uh pyrotechnics and give them a big old suck it with like fireworks and everything that would that would really uh re- really be the cherry on top for a nice nice commitment ceremony yeah if you're cutter bully commit to uk maybe later that night you go to kpp probably get Ooh. your soft drinks and hot dogs paid for you there by the fans throw out the first pitch oh yeah yeah and i don't think i'm glad you mentioned it but there shouldn't be an expectation really whatsoever of Cutter Bowley coming in and starting as a freshman. I don't want that to be the case. If now, if he's the best quarterback since Peyton Manning or something, then maybe that would be an exception. But 
uh, you don't really want freshmen to, you, you want them to mature physically you, you, because it is the SEC. You're going to take some hits and you don't need a 17, 18, sometimes not even a 19 year old out there under center. He'll have to develop. So the, you are assuming he commits to UK on Thursday. You're probably talking about somebody that you're not really going to see under center till the 2026 season, 2025 season, potentially. So it's down the road. Kentucky will still have plenty to figure out at the quarterback position after Devin Leary leaves following this season, and maybe even for one or two more potentially after that. So you still have some quarterback question marks, as you said. So far, UK has been able to do what they need to do. They got they brought in really any even though it hasn't worked in the high school ranks, they're still getting solid players in. Terry Wilson was a hot commodity when he committed to UK, which by the way, he was playing in the USFL over the weekend. Did you see that, Ross? Yeah, yeah. He was uh he got a start. He he I think he actually the- came off the bench. I think the starter got hurt and okay. he led their team to a road win coming off the bench. Nice. Yeah, they had been doing the thing where they were Kind of playing him as a changeup quarterback to use his legs. So gotcha. uh, good, good for Terry. Good job, TW three. He throws a really nice deep ball. He had one over the weekend as well. His issue is just more the being yeah, consistent on the yeah. easier throws. But yep. he he would let that bad boy rip. Everybody always going to remember the Lynn Bowden touchdown down in Florida. And it was a beautifully thrown ball there by by Terry Wilson. So even though it hasn't worked out in the high school ranks, UK has still been able to find ways to make it work good at the position and i think that's going to be the case again with devin leary this year we'll have to figure out who's going to be next after that but hopefully they can reverse this trend of of high school quarterbacks in the program and even with uk fans maybe you could say patrick tolls was somewhat successful but it's been a while since uk's had an in-state quarterback that's really amounted to much well, especially for our generation that just grew up with in-state quarterbacks kicking ass at Kentucky. Um, Luckett has a very fun hot take that he throws out every once in a while. I, I should get him to make it a, a summer article, too, about how mummy warping all of our brains uh, and like being actually bad for the program, uh, which is a very fun hot take. I wouldn't go that far. But he did warp our brains. Like Tim Couch, Jared Lorenzen, uh, I mean, Dusty Bonner was – Great. I don't think he was from Kentucky, but Andre Woodson, right? Like you had this run of elite talent at the quarterback position for a decade from the state of Kentucky where it, it just became an expectation. Um, and then Patrick Tolls was um, like he had his, he was just wildly inconsistent. He had his fun highs and he had his really bad lows. Um, and then we never really got to see the Drew Barker experiment through. He, you know, we always will have the first half at Southern Miss. Um, but then he played poorly in that second half, gets hurt against Florida, and we never really hear or see from him again. So uh, to to be able to have uh, – I, I know there's a lot of people our age and older who are just excited or will be very excited to have a, a Kentucky gunslinger under center. Um, but like I said, I, I'm kind of looking forward to, TJ, just to seeing – I didn't get to watch him any last fall. I watched him throw over the summer. But I, I'm curious to see his, uh, how he's developed um, because his deep ball is it's, – it's, it's fun. It's fun. I, I'm curious on the, the kind of timing and um, how well he's able to drive the ball in sort of those intermediates where um, 
you know, you, you take it for granted after watching Will Levis uh, drive the ball, right? Like, it's not, not very hard for him to uh, hit somebody uh, on a line drive 12 yards down the field. But for some others, it takes some time. And uh, we'll, we'll see if he's uh, added the muscle and the, the sort of, uh, you know, taking the right steps in the right directions. He posted some crazy-ass numbers last year at LCA, though. I'll give him credit for that. He moved up in competition. They weren't great. They, they were pretty inexperienced, and they played a tough schedule. Um, I know some people are like, oh, it's only two A football or yeah, but like they, they, they played really good teams. Um, uh, and he, he put up some big numbers, but, uh, dealt with the injuries a little bit. Um, so uh, I'm sure if he does end up committing to Kentucky on Thursday, like we're expecting, uh, there's gonna be a lot of people watching LCA football games this fall. Oh, it's two A football. I was just doing what you, well, I was, I was doing the bit. Right, I was right, doing the right. bit, yeah. In all seriousness, this happens anytime UK gets a decent commitment, especially at the quarterback position, but really just any position. Uh, let me know when he signs. I'll get excited about him when he signs. Or in this instance, you're probably going to get some. Uh, you every in-state quarterback we've gotten hasn't amounted hasn't amounted to anything. Those are all fair. That's that's fine. I wouldn't be too worried, as we mentioned earlier, about him decommitting. But it just Bears repeating, as we so often do in these situations, it's good for the program to get buzz like this. It is. Maybe Cutter Bowley never plays a meaningful snap at UK. Maybe he never amounts to being uh, the, the quarterback of his ranking. Maybe. Maybe. That, there, you never know with recruiting. That can happen. We've seen UK, unfortunately, be on both sides. of Well, not unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, be on both sides of that. But it's just good for the program to beat out, I mean, look at his final list of 10. It's an insane group of talent. And especially with at a time, Tennessee thought that there was going to be a pretty decent chance that they may be able to get him. You're, so you're taking him away from one of your biggest, if not biggest, conference rival. And other players are going to want to play with him, especially in-state. Especially you'll get some out-of-state as well. And I'm glad that you did mention it because, unfortunately, UofL is not going to go anywhere but up. And they're going to win with Brom because he's not Satterfield. He's a good coach. And it's just, this is going to be big. And, and the game, even in-state, especially in the city of Louisville, is going to be a little different with Brom in town than it was with Satterfield. To go ahead and get the best player in the state, regardless of class right now, is a big deal. Even if it doesn't mean anything down the road, it's still a big deal in the present. It still will drive momentum for UK football, all those things are good. So maybe he ends up never being a great quarterback. Maybe he's similar to Drew Barker. Who, who's to say? You're rolling the dice when it comes to recruiting and football. But on Thursday, when he picks UK, it's going to be a big deal, and rightfully so. And you're going to get players that are going to want to play with him that otherwise you maybe weren't going to get had yeah. you not gotten the commitment from Cutter Bowley. So uh, UK's football staff working their tails off, and it is much appreciated, and it certainly isn't going unnoticed. Let's end hour one there. We'll come back, get to hour number two, get to the Thornton's text line. We need to talk basketball as well because there's been news on that front also. So you're not going to want to miss it. we got a lot to get to. Only 60 minutes to do it. Hour two up next at Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome.
Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Rosh. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM. Okay. 14.50 a.m. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Not our favorite day of the week, but plenty to talk about. And you know what can make Monday so much better is a little Salsaritas. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown, has a drive through St. Matthew's, covered patio, delicious food. Check them out today if you've never been. Or if you have been, you know what we're talking about. Wildly addictive chips, hot spicy salsa, queso, guacamole, burritos, quesadillas, nachos, tacos, build your own tacos. You name it, Salsaritas has it. And they cook it right there in front of you. They make it right there in front of you. And you're in and out. Or you can stay and hang out because it is cool. Uh, their interiors or their patios, like I mentioned. All right. We need to talk a little basketball. We can also get into the text line a little bit if we want to. Yeah, but um, we should get into basketball because uh, we had the – it wasn't the real NBA combine, but the other combine was this weekend. The G League Invitational thing, and I I don't know what to call it, but Antonio Reeves did the Antonio Reeves thing where he didn't really do much of anything in the first scrimmage. And then the second one, he had, what, 16 points in 15 minutes? even without hitting any threes. So, uh, yeah, 0-4 from deep, but still was able to put up points. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I mean, that's kind of the – he was not among the eight or so people that got asked to show up to the NBA Combine later on in the week. Uh, so, you, you feel like the writing's kind of on the wall, and maybe we'll hear some, some Reeves returning news in the imminent future. There's really nothing left for him to – to decide, I don't think. Uh, well, well, I shouldn't say that he still has a decision to make, but I don't think there's anything else that's going to weigh in his decision. Had he gotten the invite from – this is almost like a farmer system, farm league system for the actual combine where eight people were selected that, that performed well or NBA teams wanted to see more of, got invited to the actual combine. As Roush said, he was not one of them. Played solid, but not obviously well enough to – to make that next step. So all that's left to do is make your final decision. Are you ready to start your pro career, wherever that may lead you? Or are you ready to announce you're, you're coming back to UK for, for one final season? I hope it's the, the latter. UK needs them. Needs some outside sure thing, shooting especially. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very excited about Robert Dillingham, who graduated high school over the weekend. Congrats Very to funny flex about Dillingham, too. Mm-hmm. He posted. Um, he was like, "Oh, I thought I wasn't going to graduate or something along those lines." <laughs> that, that was good. That was yeah, good. that was good. But congrats to him, and, and I, I like him and DJ Wagner a lot. I think they're going to be really, really good. But they're freshmen in a game yep. that is getting older and older and older. Having Antonio Reeves would take a lot of burden off them, a lot of pressure off them, and would give UK a sure thing from a scoring standpoint that otherwise you you may not have. I, I don't. Maybe you could find somebody in the portal if Reeves decides to go pro. But it's a Really important decision. I talked about it all last week. I think it's probably the biggest stay-or-go decision, in my opinion. 
So hope to hear something pretty soon with that. And Oscar Shibway, we're probably not too terribly far off from maybe hearing something with him, but he's got a little bit more going on. No offense to Antonio Reeves. I, in Reeves's case, I hate going back to um, a take that I just feel like recycled year after year. But John Calipari's best teams, they have superstar NBA talent freshmen mixed in with experienced veteran role players who some of which are maybe even you don't even see them as veteran role players but it's like like Terrence Jones well you know well what do we what do we call Terrence Jones and Deron Lamb right like they're really good experienced second year players that weren't necessarily the stars but could be the leading scorer in any, any given game if you get Antonio Reeves back and you get Oscar Shibway back like TJ that that fills that kind of good players who are older but the freshmen are the real high-level NBA talent stars that, um, you know, can be a little bit more inconsistent. The the young guys are responsible for the ceiling, but the old guys really raise the floor. Absolutely, yeah. And we talk – it doesn't really matter until March. We talk about that often here. You just want to be playing your best basketball in March, and you can do it from several different seating spots and uh, – if you're a good seed, it matters. If you're not a good seed, you say it doesn't matter. It only matters in March. You know, everybody's back to square one. But you don't want to take a lot of losses in November and December. It can make things a little tighter for you in January and February. You want to get out of the, the out-of-conference schedule relatively unscathed, or at least the most that you can. That's something that they failed to do last year, unfortunately, with a team that we thought was going to have enough experience. But especially next year with the freshmen and how long it may take for them to click. Maybe it won't take long at all, but I think you got to be safe with that stuff, that there's going to be a learning curve for them. Having more experienced players that have proven it in a UK jersey, playing under Calipari before, that's going to that's gonna matter. And specifically kind of talking about Antonio Reeves and this whole hypothetical. That, Oscar that, Shibway could join the fold with that as well, but he will be in the NBA combine. Those qualifiers, though, um, that you mentioned are important. Like, <laughs> experience elsewhere is good, but it's not the same as having experience at Kentucky. You know? It's, and, it's just, it, it, and it seems yeah. like, I, to some degree, I feel like I'm just having to go deeper into specifics or qualifiers, as you said. But Kentucky's had teams that have had experience before, and they've sometimes been worse than teams that are inexperienced. So I do think that qualifier yep. matters because – when you've been able to see a player in a UK uniform the following season, when you get them again, has it ever really turned out terribly? Well, well, severe Wheeler, but that was one that we all were a little bit nervous about. Besides that, it's almost nothing but growth from those players. Ashton Hagens was maybe a little, he didn't take the jump. I thought he may take and then maybe ended up being a problem later into the season, although I think that was overblown a little bit. I mean, as overblown as a player being suspended a week before the conference tournament can be, but I think they had ironed things out, or at least back in the day I was told that things had been ironed out, and then, of course, the pandemic happened, so it doesn't matter. But Deron Lamb was a perfect example. You mentioned that. I mean, Darius Miller, several seasons. Obviously, Terrence Jones. When Cal gets the guys that he wants to return for another season, he gets a whole other year with them. He's probably batting about 90, 95% in terms of that player making a jump, being good, being consistent, being reliable, and 
I think you could add Antonio. You will add Antonio Reeves to that list if he does decide to come back. He he will be at times Kentucky's best player in some games next year. Yes, which and, and that goes back to like, I mean, there were times when Derek Willis or Dominique Hawkins were like, oh wow, what a game from those guys. Where I mean, maybe not even their best player, but um, they had their moments, right? Reeves could have that like he's gonna have a couple games where he just catches fire you know um so having having that around and not having to rely because I think a lot of it last year the problem was is that you you expected him to share some of that outside shooting uh the the three-point shooting responsibility if some of that was supposed to fall on Frederick's shoulders and that didn't allow for Reeves Mm -hmm. to have his off nights um but I I think you have enough shooters enough guards that you you know you can afford an off night or two from Reeves uh with this team coming up next season well said and uh, that you're exactly right about CJ that, that was supposed to be hey Reeves CJ you all are filling up the the slack from Davion Mintz and Kellen Grady kind of big shoes to fill in that regard and Tony Reeves stepped up to the plate you can make a case that he was more explosive of a score than any of those four. I mean, certainly more than CJ. No offense to CJ. We'll be rooting for you at Cincinnati. But Antonio Reeves did things that Kellen Grady didn't do. Antonio Reeves did things that Davion Mintz didn't do. Now, you can take it it further and say, well, also Kellen Grady and Davion Mintz never went one of 19 in an NCAA tournament game. Hey, but both those guys did play poorly enough to lose to a St. Peter's in the tournament game. But uh, they – I, I I cannot state enough, and if you listen to this radio show, you're probably already sick of me saying it. Antonio Reeves is an incredibly important piece. You get him back, I feel much, much better about the season. You do not get him back, and I become much, much more concerned about where some of the points and where some of especially the shooting is going to come from. And I also think just I don't know how much you're going to see them on the court together, I would imagine to some degree. But I think Reed Shepard's going to play a more significant role than C.J. Frederick did this past season. I think he's going to be a better player than C.J. Frederick did. I'm excited about Reed Shepard, too. And I think if you have Antonio Reeves, you could make a case that it'll be better for Reed. I know that may sound hot takey because if if Antonio Reeves isn't there, it probably means more minutes for Shepard, maybe an expanded role potentially. But I think it'll be good to let him grow at his own pace and – learn from Antonio Reeves because they're going to play a similar style in terms of how they're going to be used offensively at UK. Uh, I I want to see them play together. I want to see Antonio Reeves kind of teach Reed Shepard some of the ropes and some of the things that he can do from a scoring perspective, because I have thought about this. It's getting way ahead of stuff, but after this season, you're probably going to lose almost everybody from the team. We talk about mass exodus is we're not used to, or we are very used to it. I should say at Kentucky, but let's assume Oscar comes back, which I don't think is necessarily a totally safe assumption, but I still, if I had to pick today, I think he will be back. But if he goes out there and dominates in the combine, which he very well can do, we've seen Oscar put up just insane numbers before. If he has a good weekend at the combine, he could potentially be gone. But let's say he comes back. Let's look at really across the board. You're going to lose all those freshmen, except for maybe Reed Shepard. But Bradshaw will be gone. Edwards will be gone. Dillingham will be gone. Wagner will be gone. Tony Reeves, assuming he comes back, he will be gone. Uganda Kingsley, I would imagine, would be gone. But I'm not a you know I'm not hundred percent sure about that. 
you're just going to need bodies. And Reed Shepard is going to be one that you would probably assume would stick around, but he could be a really important piece of UK basketball much further down the road. And that was another thing I had written down. Oscar Sheboy will be in the combine. I, I worry that if he does play well, that it could, hey, I get a second round promise, get a second round guarantee, and boom, that's all I need. See, and I'll, just, I'll, take the, I'll take the leap now. That was the, uh, the other bit of news that came out was uh, Kyle Tucker had an article in The Athletic, kind of an offseason scuttlebutt sort of deal that alluded to Oscar being just a little bit more um, eager to, like, he, he doesn't need to hear that much to be willing to take the leap. And you kind of get that sense that, and I also wonder how much, just like how UK was trying to bring in some other bigs. I wonder if that plays a role in any of that. I still think there's a good chance Oscar does return, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, which does beg the question: What else is is UK going to to do on the front court? We haven't gotten a commitment from Keyshad Johnson just yet. That's uh, it's- Friday, right or Saturday is the announcement, correct? Okay. May 20th, so I believe that's Saturday. Yeah, sure. He's going to graduate and then uh, go back home for his graduation party. Do it there. Well, I think he graduated this past weekend. Okay, well, he's doing his graduation party. Must Either be a party this upcoming weekend. Gotcha. That checks yeah. out. Still expect that to be UK. It's mm-hmm. still getting way too ahead of ourselves. He'll be another player that won't be around the following season, assuming he does be UK, which it seems like he will. I saw more media members getting excited about him over coming the weekend. Around. They're coming around. I'm happy nice. to see it. I was uh, really happy to see it. They, yeah. They're totally right. Like all the clips that they posted, David Sisk, some of the other guys, good stuff. I'm glad everybody's kind of getting on board that this is an important. This will be an important piece for UK basketball. Keisha yeah. Johnsons don't grow on trees. Like to get a role player that's going to accept that that role of I don't need to score. I just want to defend. I can guard multiple positions. I'll crash the glass. I'll meet people at the rim. I'll block shots. And guess what? I don't need to shoot 10 shots a game. I don't even care if I shoot two shots a game. That's a big deal. And a player that went to the national championship game was a big part of the reason San Diego State had the run that it had. You're going to be adding that as just like a side piece. That's that's nice. Scooch knows a thing or two about side pieces. Hey-o. Sure do. Scooch, congrats on Mbako, buddy. Hey, you, did you, did it. you nailed it from day one. You said, TJ, you're a big, dumb idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. He's going to be an Indiana Hoosier. You were 100% correct. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, that was pretty cool. Um, I, I got that news as I was going on to the 18th tee on Friday. So that was that was pretty awesome and really, really happy that he's able to join the fold. I told you all, when looking at his pictures at Indiana versus Kansas, he just looked so much happier at Indiana. <laughs> told you all that. You were right. You were right. You were you right. Call, you, you called it. We'll, you called we'll, it. That's, we'll see that's what a big time hit. And now Kansas is they're in an interesting spot. Well, we'll see what happens with Indiana because we have honestly kind of turned into Louisville this offseason. We just have so many forwards. And like I'm I'm slightly concerned about the guard position. We need a couple more guys that can dribble a basketball or we're gonna be four and twenty eight. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Well, I don't think you're going to be. Four it's hard to be four and twenty-eight. <laughs> Takes a special kind of basketball program to be able to pull that off. You all fans, Roush, and they're they're going to be saying their goodbyes to Denny tonight, and I bet that's going to be really nice for the people that are going to head down to the KFC mm-hmm. Yum Center. But 
they're nervous about this upcoming season, and I don't blame them. Nope. Do not blame them one bit. Um, Sky Park were... is basically your, somehow they got less guard depth than they did last year. They just traded L. Ellis for Sky Clark. Essentially, is all they did. It's a bad trade, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bad trade. I think Sky Clark could be better defensively. Maybe it's not really saying a ton, but I know he is significantly worse offensively, and he's not nearly as fast. He doesn't push the tempo as much. I think U of L has more talent, but they got younger too off a team that was four and twenty-eight. I think they mm-hmm. upgraded the talent like slightly, but not definitively much better and i think you got worse in the backcourt somehow which was impossible to be able to do because it may have been one of the worst backcourts in the history of L basketball last year so they're hurting for certain as we say in the biz hurting for a certain um let's get to the thornton stack slot uh 502-414-1450 is the number you text in we read it on this here radio program mm-hmm. uh in the first text says no other system or coach is talked about by NBA folks the way Cal is. Yeah, not I mean, not even not even close. I couldn't even think of another one that gets scrutinized as much as Cal does. Like you you could maybe hear them sometimes I mean you don't even really hear that. Like he just gets those guys ready for the league. I think it's what it is is like they talked about how great was at Cal Cal was at getting NBA players, so now the first five years, so now they're just completely pushing back. And that, and that's the thing is like when you're dealing with that much talent, I guess you're opening yourself up to more scrutiny. Like people aren't going to talk about a bunch of three and four stars at some other colleges, but he's not the only coach that's getting five star talent, and he's not the only coach that only one team can win a championship every year. So that means you've got 340 that aren't doing it. I, I just can't like the offensive stuff though is just silly. And I have never seen really a good counter example of like, no, he's legitimately, he's got some issues with the, with the way he's running things. Here's what we're talking about. And they'll show like a set or something, and then they'll compare it to another coach. I haven't seen anything that's really justified any of the criticism that he gets. He'll have misses like anybody that happens in coaching, but the Texas was right. No other coach gets any, any of the scrutiny that Calipari gets Cal messed up scal like that was bad that that was mm-hmm. a that was a misplay by him but geez Willis, it seems like for every one that you could even be somewhat controversial about or debate about you have 15 that have just been studs but people don't like Cal I know that's that's breaking news but people mm-hmm. don't like him they're going to criticize him and another texter says a lot of the focus has rightly been on Cal's roster construction the last few years but his staff construction hasn't been great either, in my opinion. Too much focus on recruiting, not enough on scouting and development. Kenny was perfect because he was an elite recruiter, an elite big man developer, not sold on Orlando and Chin combo. The roles just seem a bit redundant. I'm not sure how much they bring to the table outside of recruiting. And this is another kind of example. I think Cal sometimes could be too reactionary instead of yeah. getting ahead of the curve. Recruiting had taken a little bit of a dip, so he said, I am going to get back on the recruiting game. And guess what? UK's recruiting has been incredible. There is a conversation to be had that maybe this freshman group coming in this year is the best freshman class he's ever had, which is crazy to say out loud because he's had so many good freshman classes. That being said, now we worry about game planning. Now we worry about the scouting aspect of things. We worry about... 
I don't really worry about the development, but I guess some people do or some people can, and you could make that case. But I more sometimes I just think UK is not necessarily as prepared as they should be for the opponent. When I feel like I know what the team's going to do, the opposing team's going to do maybe more than our own players do, which is hyperbolic, but that should not be the case. And it all seems to come back to John Robick a lot of times. I think Robick, I mean, I think there's truth to it. I think there's a reason it comes back. I think that dude was a basketball wizard. And I think he just consumed and ate basketball 24-7 where he'd know everything the opposing team was going to try to do, what they try to do to counter UK's guards. or He just would know. He was just such a good basketball mind. And I think UK has sorely missed somebody like that in the program over the last few years. That's been my bigger issue with the coaching. It's Recruiting has been great. It's been really, really good. But – are they prepared for their opponent as much as their opponent is prepared for them? That's something that that should never be the case at UK. You should have enough resources where you know how the other team prefers their steaks before their pregame meals, let alone what they're going to do out there on the floor. That's where I think they've been missing a little bit. Medium rare. Way to go. That's a little bloody. Um, we also did have an update uh, from Kyle on that one. And if he just promotes Bruiser Flint to a full-time assistant, I'm going to lose my – I'm going to lose it. I like what? I, yeah, yeah. I, we, I can't. We, we you know, can't. I like you know, I like Cal, but they're that. that Just hire somebody agree. that's not your buddy, please. Like, like the one person that he's hired outside of that window in the last few years was Chin, and it feels like they have uh, butted heads uh, pretty openly before. Like, I, I want my assistants and head coach kind of screaming at each other a little bit. Like, there needs to be some healthy friction in order for there to be growth. So, like, what? no, Dude, for the love of God, Bruiser Flint, you know, say what you want about him. I can deal with him in this role now. Like, it's fine. He's off court. But, like, get somebody who's actually – get, like, some hungry, just film nerd guy. Anybody. Just somebody new, for me. the love of Pete. Please. Hire me. And do it quickly. The damn EYPL is starting up in two weeks. Right, or like less than two weeks. It's Memorial Day weekend is when it kicks back up. So, like, you need to have another guy hired to be a recruiter that's not Bruiser Flint. Yeah, again, I, I don't worry so much about the recruiting aspect, although your point is valid where it's like, what what is the holdup with all this stuff? That yeah. KT Turner left such a long time ago. It was in the middle of the post. Like, they, they still were playing games. But I, I, I default more to... I'm fine with people hiring their buddies from time to time. Like nobody knows them better than you probably do. So if you trust them or you have a relationship where you, you know them better or you know what they're going to bring to the table, I can be cool with that. I, I, you know, I I feel like sometimes people, whether it's family members or stuff like that, and that may be a different, that may be a whole different angle to it. But like, I think sometimes that gets overblown, but the reason it's not overblown in this instance, Roush is you already have bruiser. You already have them. He's there. Like, he's already doing all these things that yeah, you yeah. would want him to do, and he's been doing it for several years now. And it's been no surprise. He's been trying to get a head coaching job. There's, I think, sadly, maybe a reason why that hasn't happened yet is because people don't want Bruiser Flint right now to be a head coach. I don't want him to be an assistant coach. No offense to him. He's already there. You're already benefiting from whatever Bruiser's bringing from the table. And there's no evidence to support that you elevate him to a recruiting role because, and I, and I think sometimes in the basketball four one one we don't detail things enough. He is on staff, but he's not in a recruiting position. I know 
probably 80% of people listening to this already know that, but for the 20%, he can't recruit. Now, if a player's on campus or something, he can chat with them just as if you could talk to a custodian or, you know, it's not like you yeah, it's, not it's, allowed it's, to. He's not allowed to recruit off campus. He's not going on the road and evaluating people or going into parents' living rooms and saying, this is why you need to play for UK. You get three assistants that can do that. And, you know, you all probably know who those assistants are, or at least over the years you've heard some of those names. Kentucky's considering putting Bruiser Flint into one of those three spots. It is silly. And it's not necessarily because it's Cal's friend, or at least in my opinion. It's just because you already are benefiting from – it's like – when you have a friends with everything comes back to relationships. It's like, if you have a friends with benefits, Roush, do you want to tie it? Do you want to tie it up? Or are you just happy with what you got going on? Mm-hmm. And I think you should be happy with what you got going on at Bruiser Flint and use this opportunity to go find somebody different, somebody that brings something else to the table. And if they hire Bruiser Flint to the assistant spot, they're going to need somebody in the program to take what Bruiser was doing. So you still would get maybe some fresh blood in there Bruiser's not going to win any recruiting battles. I hate saying that. Not any more so than I think anybody else is going to do. So get creative with this hire if you're Cal. And it doesn't seem like he necessarily is. So is it a foregone conclusion that the Welsh hire, he's not going to be – he's just going to be like a behind-the-scenes basketball guy? Yeah, he's going to be from the – he's going to – my assumption is so part of what they do during their regular training sessions is it's like, you have practice, but also you have individuals with your coaches, and it's all about like skill development. That's he's going to be in all of those with like other assistants. Um, gotcha. So that'll be his primary job. Uh, but then you have two other off-court stuff movings that I a- Andrew Ortelli had been at Kentucky for twelve years, and he left for Temple, and then now Bosner, TJ Bosner's leaving. The Pfizer uh, stuff is like, whoa. Like, that's that's not a good uh, thermometer, barometer, whatever you want to use. I mean, when you got a guy who's been there for 12 years leaving, you've got a guy like Bosner who... Well, he's, well, to be fair, the Bartelli guy is now an assistant coach at Temple. Like, that's huge. You know, okay, he's like a video okay, that's guy. A, all right, that is at least a step up. I mean, but, that's um, huge. Like, just imagine you just were, like, kind of doing this for fun, and then all of a sudden now you're going to be an assistant basketball coach, which, I, you know, I don't think Temple is about to take off. But, you know, the next step from that, Roush, a head coach. Like, this dude probably never dreamed in a million years he could be a college basketball head coach. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe this was all part of his plan. I don't blame that one one second. The Beisner stuff is more head-scratching to me. I mean, it's like he just he's, like, leaving a dream job. And he loves Cal. Like they're, yeah. I mean, unless something soured, which I haven't heard that, but like they're, I, they're good yeah. friends. Yeah. I don't think lead. it has anything to do with him and Cal, but it still is just pretty jarring. It is. I totally agree with you like that, that when, when Kyle Tucker wrote that and make sure you're subscribing to what he's writing over there and he'll, he'll have more summer updates as the summer goes on. That one, I think was the most shocking thing of that entire article was like, whoa, because you know. Beisner's been in our spot before, Roush. And you know, yeah. when he got that job, it was like, it was. It was a dream job. He couldn't believe it. He grew up a UK fan, and now he's opening the door for Wheezy at the facilities. And he's stepping away from it. So, yeah. I don't know really necessarily what to make of that. I've heard some things, Roush. I'm sure you've maybe heard some things. Uh, I, I, I bet he's also got another great opportunity because he is awesome at anything that he does, and he's a great guy. So, it's not a surprise that good luck is following him. 
um, if you call it good luck. But I think people catch my drift there. He's just a hard worker. He'll be fine. But I was shocked to read that he was leaving UK. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, Texter on the Thornton's text line says, transfer kicker. So is this new kicker solid enough for the SEC? I mean, trying to project a kicker when you bring him on is just, you know. Some of these kicking camps are like, he's a five-star according to the blah, blah, blah. He's going to be good. And, it's, and you you just don't know. He's at least proven at the Sun Belt level and has been consistent. And so if you can just get a steady Eddie there, fine by me. Because that was always that, like, the biggest. It shouldn't, tra- it shouldn't really matter. Like, if you can kick between the uprights in one conference, they're the same uprights in the other. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the pressure could be bigger in big games or kicking in front of ninety thousand versus an empty Sun Belt stadium. Yeah, I guess that's the angle there if you want to take that. But forty nine of fifty on PATs last year. And then I think he only I think he was twenty two of twenty three the year before that. That's hey, at least he's gonna take care of the PATs. And then I again within fifty in, seems like he's pretty reliable. So mm-hmm. I hope it works out. You take, kicker, you take kickers for granted when you have them, and then when you don't have them, it seems like the biggest need in the history of football. I don't want to. I don't want to be the latter there. I want the former. I want you to know take what you'll never for granted. You know what you'll never take for granted, TJ. Mm, I know. I think I know what you're going to say, but tell me. Your shady rays on mm-hmm. a sunny day. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day here on a Monday morning. The clouds are parting. The sun is out. The guns are out. It means you need to have your easy, shady job, easy, John Morant, easy. No, arms, easy. the the guns, the not, muscles, not, the which, goods, the goods. Yeah, um, and you need to have your shady rays on. Yeah, uh, actually, redo the read and say the goods are out. Okay, um, the suns are out. The sun. Oh gosh, I'm rattled now. The sun is out. The goods are out. You need your shady rays on your head, and if you're working in the yard or you're out on the lake or on the water. Uh, trying to catch some fish. If those bad boys break, you drop them in the water, you lose them. Shady Rays will have you covered with their replacement pair promise. Only going to have to pay a small processing fee. You'll get them back. You'll be ready to rock and roll in no time with those stylish polarized lenses. And you can get them at a discount with promo code Big X. The goods are out. The the promo code Big X. Goods are out. Shady Rays are on. Use promo code Jeffrey Tubin. Goods are out. This we'll take our last break, come back, and wrap up the show. Another hilarious joke by TJ Walker. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Uh, I am TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Hold on. You have a choice. You can have the boat or the mystery box. What, are you crazy? We'll take the boat. No, 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 not so fast, Lois. A boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. I'm on a boat, and it's going fast, and I got an article theme, pass me the Afghan. I'm the king of the world on a boat like Leo. If you own the show, then you show not Leo. Great song. Went on a cruise my senior year spring break in 2009 and listened to that song no fewer than 16,000 times. Like, just that was when it had come out. We were mm-hmm. literally going on a boat. 
uh, it, we just nonstop played that song way too much. Scooch, great rejoin there, buddy. And a hilarious family guy quote that I think Trevor brings up on the Rutherford show once a week. <laughs> or he'll you mean Trevor brings up the same thing over and over? No. He will. Over and over again. Great song, by the way. Welcome back. One final so- of song segment here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Uh, this is this Family Guy made me think of it. But if you haven't watched Jury Duty on what is it, Prime? Prime Video, I believe it's free. Oh, it's- that's the like prank show, right? Watch it. If there's one thing that TJ Walker has ever endorsed for, just the because I, I can I can recommend different things if I know you, where it's like I know that you're interested in this sort of thing. I think you'll like this, or I know that you like this kind of comedy. You got to check this out. Just as a whole, for the radio listenership, I, I, you know I don't know everybody's got different opinions on different things. You'll like Jury Duty. I'm talking to you in your car, you in your office, you listening as you get ready for work. You will enjoy Jury Duty. It honestly, Roush, like, restored my faith in humanity a little bit. That's incredibly hyperbolic yeah. and extreme, and I don't mean that, actually. But here's the, here's the concept of it. They, they set up this whole fake jury, and one guy isn't in on it. Everybody else is actor. It's, it's a real-life Truman show. It is a real-life Truman show where everything is staged and everything is fake and everything is fixed, except for one guy. And he thinks it's all real the entire time. And he is just like the greatest human ever. And it makes me think like how many of us, if we are in a spot like that, would handle these situations, these bizarre, odd situations, just uncomfortable, cringeworthy situations with as much grace and dignity as he does. It re- after watching it, and this is so corny and cliche that my friends will make fun of me. And understandably so. It after watching Jury Duty, you just want to be a better person. Like you want to. This guy's name Ronald in the show. You want to be more like Ronald because, it, it like he he doesn't know cameras are on him like that all the time. He doesn't know that it's a prank show, and he's just so sweet and so nice. And the show is hilarious and it's funny, and it's worth watching. But watch it just to be like, hey, this is this is how somebody should act. And he kind of looks like Big Blue Drew, and I think Big Blue, Big Blue Drew's and like a very stand-up guy too. So I, I thought of Big Blue Drew during the show several different times. So check it out; it's really good. They're twenty to thirty-minute episodes, so they go quick. There's only eight of them. It's very binge-worthy, and at times cringe-worthy. But it's an awesome Ew. show. It's an awesome show. Uh, they have James Marsden. Do you all know who that is? Yes. No. Uh, big fan of James Marsden. He. Okay. Uh, because he's pals with uh, Josh Hopkins, so like, um, he, I, he he's done some UK stuff, some UK content, um, but also really uh, just enjoy him. He was he did uh, Prince Charming in the uh, it was like the Disney musical thing, and he just plays the dumb dumb Prince Charming. Very funny. Uh, so James yeah, Marsden. Like James Marsden. He plays himself. He's the only one that is actually, well, besides the the guy who's not in on it, he's the only guy that actually plays himself. And so, like, he is James Marsden, and he is an alternate juror. So, like, mm-hmm. he's around the whole time, but he just plays this total, like, movie star jerk. And <laughs> That's fun. Like, hey, I'm, he, a, he, like, he, I'm he, a celebrity, you know? Yeah, which is great because, like, I, from all intents and purposes, interviews, everything I've ever heard from him, he is, like, the most down-to-earth, normal dude who just looks like a movie star and is a movie star. So that's that's hilarious. 
and the final episode is like when they find he finds out that all that's made up and just like seeing james like flip from like hey i know i was a total pain in the butt here for this is over 15 days too that they're doing to this poor guy and like just the flip of like when james like oh my gosh finally i can not act this way and i can like you know i'm so sorry for everything i put you through and whatnot oh it's it's awesome Uh, i hope they do well i don't know if you can do it again or if they will do it again but highly recommend it will make you feel good about humanity and just a reminder there are great people out there good show check it out scooch you gonna watch it tell me the name of it again and where i can find it amazon Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Wait, we got a Ted Lasso finale on Wednesday. We spent uh, the Roush House spent some time catching up this weekend, so we'll we'll get that finale, and then we'll be ready to move on to the the next big show. Yeah, we're. Li- and there goes TJ. Oh, there goes TJ. I bet he did the thing where he put his arm down. Oh no, we just quickly lost him. Um, but yeah. Exciting times for uh, for finding new TV content. Dave is back. Got to catch up on that. Uh, oh, is that season three now? Yeah, yeah, that's Man. back. So got got to play catch up there. Yeah, There's I do too. A couple good ones. I, I only watched like the first episode of season two for Dave. So yeah, I need to do some catch up as well. Sorry. Season two wasn't as fun as season one, but they'll 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 bring it back. Okay. Accidentally closed closed out the uh, the chat there for a second. We're a little behind on Lasso, and I've given up on Dave. Yeah, well, you know, you got time to. It's the summer. There's not really any quality TV at all over the summer. Is there like some big? I know Succession's almost over. Is there some big HBO thing that's going to happen after that for the summer on Sunday nights? I think so, but now I'm blanking on what it is. We need. We get a new. I think you should leave coming out soon. I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, that, I think this, that's. I think this boom. That's exciting. That's a lot of fun. Uh, I also saw where the the Air movie is on Amazon prime video for free so like that'll be a i am that, that feels like a so mad about that movie i came home from work yesterday and my roommate's sitting there flipping through his amazon prime and he stops on air and he goes really good you need to watch it i just looked at him and look like, what the hell you, you know how bad i wanted to watch that movie you couldn't wait for me we could have had like a little sunday night watch i was so mad mm, that's tough that's tough scoots so he was maybe you just let your roommate live his life. Well, I mean, there's just certain things that you shouldn't watch without me. And air would classify as one. I'd, I'd, that'd be like me coming home on a Wednesday night and he's halfway through Survivor. That would just be that. That would make me so mad. Uh, we need we need cameras at your place. I get it though. If you're sharing a space and you want, it is a little different with TV shows because it's regular timing. Did you ever have a conversation about the the that program? Did you ever express your interest in wanting to watch about That's air? The big question. Yes, I told yeah. him. I told him when it came out that I wanted to go see it in the theaters, and I am not a theater guy, even in the slightest. So he now, should have. You say that you did. You say you wanted to watch it with him, though, or were you just talking <sighs> just openly, like I want to see this movie? I mean, maybe I was a little bit selfish about it. Look in retrospect, but. I feel like he should have known that. Hey, maybe we should watch that together. It's a good movie. But well, then, I get the but then, this relation- no, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say. So he brought up a good point when I when I brought that up because we so we watched a man called Otto the other night, 
and I fell asleep promptly, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes into the movie. So when I brought up the whole when I brought up the whole air thing, he was like, Well, I just figured it would be like auto and you'd fall asleep fifteen minutes into it. I was like, oh, I was like what a jerk. So it sounds like he didn't appreciate you doing that. <laughs> no, probably not. Because I, I was the one that really wanted to watch a man called Otto. So for me to fall asleep during it is just bogus. I mean, I think... the movie description for this does kind of fit the bill. Uh, a grump who's given up on life following the loss of his wife. So, <laughs> Scoots, is oh my gosh, there, Scoots, you trying to tell us something? No. Heavens. No, it, it actually, so it, it's a happy ending. He has, like, this family move in beside him, and it well, changes his whole pers- It changes his whole perspective on life. Because I read... wake up? No, I, I read into it before we watched it. So you didn't finish it. You just slept through it. Correct. I need to finish that. <laughs> what an idiot. The vibe I get from your all's relationship, Justin, is you just want him... You just want him to show that he cares a little bit. That That's like it. you're on yeah. his mind a little. Like he's a considerate roommate. Yeah. He's taking Justin's opinion, e- even without you necessarily saying stuff. You just want him to have you on the brain. I mean, maybe not necessarily on the brain, but yeah, be more considerate for sure. But when I look, if I look in the mirror, I could do the exact same thing. You know, I mean, I there are a lot of times where I am super selfish and I should think about him more. So may- maybe we could both work on that. Like, you know, he should have asked about the speech. What the hell? He did. He did eventually. After I put yeah. him on blast. But grow up a little bit. <laughs> of course, we forgot to ask about the speech, too. But I think the roommate is the bigger to be blamed here. For sure. Yeah. You all have a lot going on. He doesn't. Uh, texter on the Thornton's text line says, Churchill down. Oh, no, we missed this one. John Moran is such an idiot who's trying his hardest to blow it in the NBA. Total moron. And that texter did spell moron incorrectly, which is always a good time. But it's kind of like Morant. Yeah, the Morant. Way he it. Yeah. yeah. But um, I just, I've loved the, the Twitter did a good job responding. Like I saw one tweet. Uh, it was like, John Morant when he's getting ready for Instagram Live and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in commando. Because <laughs> it's like, dude, you're first off, Instagram Live is the dumbest social media ever. I don't understand why people use it. It's just, it's a, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. One, but like you're going on there and you're just flashing guns repeatedly. Like, why, why, why? I don't, I can, I can, I can understand one of the two things. You can't, tell me that you, you can't convince me that both is a thing you know maybe gun culture is just part of where you're from i get it I, I, we're all from different backgrounds you know maybe just keep it in its just don't bring it out um or you know don't get on instagram live and then bring it out like there's just like it, it takes a lot tj to get to this point of stupidity and we're there we're there with a what is he 24 year old um who's just a millionaire and is living life without consequences. This might be what finally gives him the consequence that uh, makes him change his ways. Or it certainly didn't the first time around. I don't know what they're going to have to do this time around. So how do you spell Probably. moron? How do you spell moron? Yeah, that looks right to me. O-R-O-N. Oh, two O's. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you moron in there. <laughs> uh, I have the predictable take of like, hey, guy has a gun. Who really cares? But it's not that simplistic. Like he shouldn't be in trouble. I, you know, I don't care if he's in trouble or not trouble. It's no, it doesn't matter to me in the slightest. But you do just question the dude's decision making, and he's representing your franchise. He had just gotten in trouble for something just. similar to this. Like, like again, a having ago. a gun. 
and having it videoed, not not the end of the world. Not a huge deal, in my opinion. Not a huge deal. But after you're already on thin ice, you idiot. No offense. That's what you do? Yep. Like, you can't go two seconds without flashing a gun on live stream just to show how cool and tough you are? That's dumb. It's just dumb. So that's what I think he's guilty of, just being not having the right outlook on that's not even that just like have some common sense dude if your buddy is doing a live stream maybe put the gun away for four seconds like roush said and then once the live stream's over you can do whatever you want with it you're so cool with your gun he's only 23 years old you have enough money where you should surround yourself like the people around you should have the guns (laughs) what are you what are you doing yeah I, I I think he just he needs somebody that like he trusts to give him a good old heart to heart. Like, hey, just stop being on Instagram Live. <laughs> like, I feel, I feel like this is the reason why this social so media, good. and you'd have very you wouldn't have nearly as many issues in your life, right? Because like it seems very trivial. Like, just stop flashing guns on Instagram Live. Like, it's a very random. He can't do it, Roush. He cannot do it, which is that's the concern. problem. Like, yes. this is a bigger deal than, like, remember, he had that viral uh, video of, like, him with the stripper and, like, cash all over the floor. Like, nobody cares. Just don't flash a gun in it. You know what I mean? Like, that. it's just, like, it. I think people think you're going to be a lot cooler when you cross somebody over and dunk on somebody on a basketball court, not that you can go to a strip club. Like, we can go to strip clubs. We can carry guns around. What we can't do is all the cool stuff you do on the basketball court, and he seems to be much more – he wants people to think he's much cooler for the stuff he does off the court. In reality, we just kind of think he's coming off as a loser. Wow, you you really uh, put him on the couch there, the psychoanalyst couch. You got to the heart of it. Thank you. Just trying Uh, to be cool. I'm interested in Roush's take on this text. Churchill Downs is a complete joke now. The paddock on the backstretch. Betters can't even see the horses until they race unless it's a longer race. Unfair to the better. Suck at Churchill. That, that that does suck. Like, I mean, I, I just think about taking my kids there, and that's their favorite part is seeing the horses up close and personal. I'm not as much uh, better based on what I see in the paddock, but you would have thought they'd come up with a better alternative than that. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be weird for the next year there. It just is. Uh, also they had another horse breakdown yesterday. So we're at the point now where every time there's a breakdown, it's a new story. Um, until like you go like a week or two, like there, there has to be some time to pass before like it can kind of, people can move on. But, um, I got in the PETA email list and I've got a message from PETA. Would you like me to share? No, but yes. The carnage continues with an eighth dead horse at Churchill Downs, another fatality at Belmont, and an injured horse being taken away in the equine ambulance at Pimlico. Horses aren't safe at any of these Cripple Crown tracks or any other horse racing facility. Get the deaths down to zero or bury this quote-unquote spore. Well, that's not happening. The Cripple Crown is pretty good, though. If you're looking for something to... Like a nice little tagline. Good job, Peta. You did. You at least got some good PR uh, buzz there for you. Suck it, losers. Uh, jumping ahead on the text line, Dylan Ballard here. What's up, Dylan? Hope you're doing well, buddy. I collect Jordan shoes, so maybe a bias, but I thought Air was great. You should watch it sometime, Scoots. Yeah, no, I will, Jordan. Or uh, Jordan, I will, Dylan. But I wish my uh, roommate would have waited for me. That's all. 
Another texter says, what's your all's prediction for this upcoming football season? What's your win-loss record? If you had to say, let's save that one for tomorrow. We can spend more time on it. It's a good question. Yep. Uh, another texter do says, we, do we want to stay what? jumped ahead? Because there's, there's one that's really taking a shot at Scoots. Yeah, go ahead. Scoots says a man called Otto has a happy ending. The movie ends with him dying alone in his house and not being discovered for days. Suck it, Scoots. Well, Scoots. It, it at least gets happier. I don't know how it ends. Now I don't want to watch it. Now I know he's dead and is undiscovered for days. Thanks for ruining it. I have a it. feeling that, that I, somebody something tells me that that was a joke. Just yeah, I, don't, I, I thought, don't doubt that. I thought so, too, initially, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Texter, where, where are we at? Do we just maybe want to end it here? Cutter Bowie looking like a lock of all locks? Uh, maybe. That's what that's what Roush is hinting at. Oh, pass on Bowie for me. These highly touted Lex quarterbacks never worked out. Always overrated due to weak high school competition. Um, I mean, how many Lexington quarter, like, Walker Wood and Bo Allen were both, like, mid-three-star guys. And I'm sure Cutter they're Bowie's. probably throwing Drew Barker into that, even though he wasn't Lexington, you know. Yeah, but like, okay, he, those, he probably just means like Kentucky quarterbacks. Those guys were mid three star, um, and Bowie's like the fourth quarterback, top one hundred overall. Like that, it's it's a different recruiting rankings don't matter, but they kind of do in a way. Uh, like, there's a and difference in talent. Texter, you could end up being totally right. Maybe it, you never know. They, it's yeah. hard to predict if these people work out. But I'd rather have them than them go to your rivals. Especially when uh, Bully, like the biggest variable here that I, 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 you know, it's still new. The seven on seven stuff is still very new to me. But part of his, the reason why people like him so much, he plays for a kick ass seven on seven team and is really good for that seven on seven team. So uh, we'll talk about it more tomorrow. tomorrow. We'll get to the text we didn't get to today. It'll be a fun Tuesday show. Getting back in the swing of things. Hope your Monday goes great. Thank you so much for listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Okay. It's my life.